You're listening to the Business Builders Book Club, helping you bridge the gap between knowledge and action. Whether it's an old classic or just hit the shelves, we've got you covered. Follow along with us and remember, information only becomes wisdom after it's applied. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Business Builders Book Club. I'm here again with my guest host, Jacob Manischewitz, and this is the third part to our three-part series on the book. I've got it here, Three Simple Steps by uh, Trevor Blake. It's been a great book. We're on this last section of it, and it gets better at the end. So, Jacob, how's it going? I'm good, Russell. How are you? Not too bad. I'm dealing with the the heat that's been going on. I'm sure glad that yep. I got an AC uh, unit installed about a month ago. I'm I'm not regretting it now. Just in time, eh? <laughs> Just in time. How's it for you? I know you're yeah. in a condo building, so it's likely uh, nice and cool in there for you. Yeah, I mean, I have my own thermostat, so I can adjust it. I, I try and keep it off when I can just to keep the energy bill down, but uh, you got to do what you got to do these days, right? You got to do it. I think for those listening, <laughs> yeah. uh, this may come out a couple weeks after. So right now it's a heat wave in Toronto, and with the Humidex, I think it's up to 42 or 43 today. So, Wow. That's crazy. Pretty wild. I was thinking of going for a run, but I don't think today's the day for it. Yeah, I went, I've been, uh, like last week here, this ties into three simple steps, talking about getting out in nature. So I've been trying to do that more and more this week. Um, And I think it's a little bit more difficult to enjoy (laughs) when it's at this kind of level of heat. I've been going for hikes and walks in the morning, trying to go for runs. Um, But I I went for a run and I was fine because I went early in the morning. I thought, okay, I'm going to go out and spend some more time outside i'm gonna to go to the driving range for a bit normally i enjoy going it was brutal yeah. just a yeah. couple of days ago i was just drenched by the end of it wasn't even enjoying it <laughs> yeah if you feel like you're forcing yourself at that point and that, that's never good exactly exactly it's a yeah. it's a lesson in perseverance and also an acceptance <laughs> that you can't be perfect right yeah agreed 100%. absolutely so um what we generally do on the uh second or third episode of the Business Builders Book Club is we're going to talk about the goals that we set last week and our experience with them over the the past week that we've uh, had between recordings of these episodes. So Jacob, can uh, you remind us what we were planning on doing um, over the course of this week? Yeah, so we were last week we were working on uh, being present in, in our uh, conversations and in our interactions, and that comes from our, our morning practice of quiet time. Not necessarily morning practice, but our practice of quiet time and, and getting centered and focused and, and trying to be out in nature as much as possible, and then kind of seeing how that translates to um, how present um, and how engaged we are in our interpersonal um, interactions. Um, with people, whether it's a, a client meeting that you're having, whether you know you're talking with your partner or, or a family member, um, and and just being as engaged as possible, not being distracted, and so we're working on that uh, muscle that you use to exercise, you know, uh, staying centered and staying focused and staying present in the moment, um, and getting the most um, most benefit possible from that that interaction with the other person. Absolutely, and sort of using our time in nature as a function to center us so that we can more effectively um, have our conversations in that way. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. And and I believe our, our takeaway was to just kind of monitor our, our interactions with people, like I said, whether it is with family or whether it is with clients, uh, Zoom meetings and, and whatever, and, and just 
kind of uh, take stock of how present we feel and how easily distracted we were, whether that changed uh, depending on how consistent we were with our quiet time practice and, and that kind of thing. Absolutely. So how did, uh, how did that go in your experience this week? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been doing the quiet time practice for a little bit while, uh, for a little while now. So it's kind of, you know, just been a, a build of momentum. And, and, you know, I've noticed since the beginning of it, uh, being able to be more present. And uh, another advantage that I found was being able to connect more with people who are ready to connect. It's hard to connect with somebody who is easily distracted, who's talking over you or interrupting you or clearly uh, thinking about the next thing that they're going to say uh, while you are saying, you know, giving your opinion and saying your piece. Um, and, and so those people that are ready to connect and that have a like mindset to you, those interactions can be much more beneficial. So, you know, it's not your fault all the time when, you know, a conversation just isn't really connecting or you're not feeling that magic or that spark between yourself and a client or yourself and a, a potential business partner. Um, you need to find the person who's in that like mindset as well. And that, that's not everybody. But if you do find that person, you can find that you're having a really engaging and um, and beneficial conversation, like the one that you and I have been having throughout these episodes. Like you're you're in the same mindset as myself. You really want to learn. You're very open-minded, um, and you know having that uh, that kind of similarity between our mindsets can really um, help elevate the conversation to a next level and and give you uh, like and gratify your your practices at the same time you can say oh i'm actually going somewhere like i'm actually my conversations are improving because of the practices that i'm doing because the person that i'm interacting with is is vibing with me on that on that same level right and so it sounds like what you're saying is that even if there's somebody who's not like tuned in and honed into this way of 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 thinking that's not your fault but you can sort of you're you're more acutely attuned to being able to take advantage of those connections with the people that are when you've been uh, practicing like this. Exactly. And then those are the kind of people that you want to be around and grow with anyways. Mm -hmm. If somebody is not in that same mindset, chances are they're not going to bring a lot of positive impact into your life. And as we've learned, you know, in the first episode, what we talked about was making sure you surround yourself with the right kind of positive uh, influences on your life and, and avoid the, the negative ones or the ones that might be detrimental to your to protecting your mindset. Right. So maybe you're more likely to be interacting with people who are going to only bring this sort of positive side of things because you're now on, for lack of a better word, the same wavelength as them. Right. You're going to be attracting people like that to you and people like that, you're like they're going to be attracting you as well. So it's kind of goes both ways. For sure. And that uh, attraction is I think is something we'll, we'll be talking more about today. But yeah, it's a, it's a very good point that you'll be bringing those people into your life inadvertently by uh, engaging in, in these practices as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It gets into a lot more of that sort of um, attraction side of things in this third step of three. Uh, so on yeah. my side of things, uh, for tracking it over this past little while between episodes, uh, I've found the same benefits that you've been you've been talking about being able to connect with people and have more meaningful conversations and uh, being drawn to the people who are going to be willing to have that as well. I've totally seen that. And I've also seen an added benefit is that um, in those conversations that are difficult, um, maybe with somebody who's not on that same wavelength as you, or maybe it's um, a difficult conversation that you have to have with with somebody in your life. Right. Uh, I think 
I've found on the days where I was able to take that quiet time practice, I was more able to approach those situations calmly and to sort of uh, and keep my wits about me. So like, I think that's an added benefit that I probably would have expected to come from this. But it's nice to see that it's actually showing up in my life, you know? For sure. Absolutely. And that's a good point. Um, being able to put your emotions aside and, and see things from uh, a more... I wouldn't say realistic, but maybe a less emotional perspective and uh, looking at the big picture a little bit more and seeing what matters most and being able to kind of strive, strive for that. Yeah. And strive to keep your mind on what you're for versus what you're against, which is something we covered in the, in the first section. Mm -hmm. Right. And same with the the mentality shield, right? If you're, if you're constantly thinking for uh, what you're for and as a quick recap, it's like, Um, You want to be thinking about the good things and the things that you're striving to go towards as opposed to ruminating on the negative things because what you think about will come back to your life, right? So I've definitely, definitely found that to be true. And in thinking for and having that mentality shield to keep myself thinking that way, you're more able to deal with difficult situations with a calm and cool, collected head. Agreed. Yeah, very much so. Absolutely. Okay, so I think that's a good recap of what we covered last week in these first two steps, mostly the second over this past week. Um, But now Mm -hmm. we're getting into the third step of the three steps uh, by Trevor Blake. I love, love, love how this book has been separated into these three easy to understand sections, not only because it makes for a good podcast separation, but because, uh, because it really allows you to have a a strong takeaway from the book right sometimes if it's not structured in in a in a way that's strong like this you may only get one of the main ideas or maybe a a a mix of them but i feel like here i'm going to be able to remember just in basic terms these three steps for a huge amount of time Have have you found that since the first time you read the book yeah, definitely. And I mean, the way it's structured is extremely beneficial because I think we discussed this maybe in the first episode as well, but you could take any one of these three steps and, and work on it, focus on it individually, and it will have its own benefits. Um, or you could, you know, go uh, full in with all three steps if you wanted to. Um, but I was going to say earlier that I like, you know, this is my favorite step. Oh, step two is my favorite step. But like, honestly, they're all so great and they all have their own uh, merits and their own um, benefits and I, I like all three of them equally and I've been able to take away from them equally as well like the practice is about shielding your mindset like I have real life examples of where that's helped me and where you know I've implemented that with step two same thing uh, and you know you could say step three the one we're going to discuss today is the most fun because it's about designing your dreams and, and setting your intentions and you know you, you create this life that you want for yourself and and that's what you are projecting out into the world and that's what's going to come so you could say arguably it's the most fun but they all have their own merits and the way that it's structured is fantastic you can't miss a part you know you there's nothing you can you, forget about unless you really just skimmed over it or didn't read it properly like it's all there and it's all really laid out and very fantastic yeah just the fact that it can be distilled down to the you can almost describe each section as sentence right and and maybe we can try to do that at the end uh, just as a quick summary but uh let's dive in a little bit to what is inside this this third step of three um we've talked about the the mentality that we need to have and the connection with nature and the quiet time. So what's this uh, third step really focused on, Jacob? 
Yeah, so I'd say the main key word for the third step is intention. Um, and the way that Trevor Blake goes about presenting the idea of intentions um, to his readers is most people think about them as goals or maybe as um, visions, uh, your vision for your future. Um, and But the, the way he differentiates from goals is that um, a goal leaves room for doubt or room for mistake or room for not quite achieving what where you want to be. Mm. But the intention is something that is um, solid and it, it, it is without doubt. Um, and so the idea is that you can design your own future and you design your your path using these intentions and you act in certain ways um, like you're already there. And, and I actually have this um, this sticky note that's on the bottom of my computer that's always there, and I always look at it, and, it's, and it says, feel as though you've already received. Mm. It's kind of me reminding myself that, you know, when I'm working on these deals or, you know, when I'm prospecting new clients or new referral partners, um, I act and feel like they already are there. The deals are already done. My referral partners are already, you know, I've already sent me a lifetime's worth of deals. Um, or, you know, my, my clients are, are already lifetime clients. Like mm -hmm. you have to act like it is already a permanent and, and situation that has ha already happened. So you think about it in the past tense. Um, so I can give a quick example, you know, for sure. a lot of people, one of their goals is, is a great big house, right? You want the biggest house of your dreams. So the way you think about it is that I'm so glad that I have this house. It's already happened. You've already bought it. You've already signed the papers. It's free and clear. You don't even have a mortgage on the place. And it's 4,000 square feet with a pool in the backyard. Like you can visualize it, but you visualize it as if you're already there and it's already happened. And it's not even, there's no room for, you know, shortcomings in, in that vision. Yeah. I, I, that, that's such a, a, a powerful uh, sort of way of thinking, right? He talks a lot about knowing and knowing as this sort of ultimate uh ability to attract things to you, right? He talks about sort of three different levels of energy um, right. that can attract positive things to your life, right? The first one he says is desire. It's like knowing, oh, I want this. I want this and thinking about it all the time. Like, sure, that's going to bring yeah. bring some positivity to your life. Um, maybe it'll inch you towards that goal. It's definitely a positive thing, but he says that yeah. there's better ways to do it. The second one is belief, right? And you get this from starting to understand the process. You can believe, hey, I could actually do this. Like you start to believe in yourself. But then he says, like you were mentioning, knowing this is the ultimate place where you want to be. There's no doubt in my mind that this is uh, the what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. And getting to that state of knowing is really what he emphasizes uh, as the biggest part of creating these intentions as opposed to goals. Yeah, exactly, and and it's a great way to, to structure it as well because the first the first tier um, desire like everybody has that right everybody wants the big house everybody wants you know not everybody wants a nice car but if you're into cars that's what everybody wants um, but there's only so far you can go with desire right people who are scrolling on Instagram looking at big houses or looking at Lamborghinis like clearly that's what they want but you're not going to get there by just staying in that first tier. You really have to up your game as far as your, your de like you bring that desire up to a level of belief and then up to a level of knowing. And it takes practice as well, just like everything else um, in this book. And you to, to go from a state of, oh, I want this, 
Like that's our automatic reactors. Oh, you know, I can't wait till I have this, or you know, mm -hmm. that even that's the second step. I can't wait till I have this because that's almost like a, a you know, step in belief that it's going to happen. But yeah. knowing, right, getting to that third tier is like it's already happened, and I'm so happy that it's you know happened, and I'm so glad that I can share this with all my loved ones. And you know, that's the state that you have to be, and it takes some practice to get into that you know mental space where where that's the way you constantly think. Yeah, and it's it feels kind of awkward, right? To to start thinking in this way, it's like, I you, it's very easy to come back to doubts and current now problems and day to day thoughts that are limiting, right? It's it yep. feels weird when you start to think like this. And I, since I started reading it, I've I've been trying to get that more in, and I will over the the coming weeks. It's like it feels a little bit weird and a little bit like you're pretending and like you're trying to fool yourself but in a sense you mm -hmm. are and that's the point right yeah yeah definitely i don't know if i would say fool yourself but it's more just creating this energy of what you want to be and mm -hmm. projecting that into the universe because the general rule is what you put out there is what's going to come back and that's why you know we talked about previously you don't think about what you you shouldn't think about what you don't have um, but you think about what you're for, right? I'm for this big house. I'm for the nice car. I'm for a happy, healthy family. You know, you don't think about things like, you know, oh, what if I don't get the house? Or, you know, what if, you know, I don't have a healthy, happy family? Because what you project out there is, is essentially what's going to come back to you. Yeah. And so and when you project out that, that knowing, then it comes back even stronger, right? If you project out that desire in that first tier, you may get a little bit, bits and pieces here, but it's not as powerful as projecting that that belief. Yeah, and just from a purely pragmatic uh, sense, even if you don't 100% believe in this, what, ne what negative is going to come to you, right? If you decide, hey, I'm not going to think about these negatives, I'm only gonna think about what I'm for, and what, like, that's not going to do any harm, right? You're gonna be more productive. And in a sense, that might be one of the driving factors that really drives um, people towards achieving these things is because they're not spending so much time thinking about their current day-to-day -day problems. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's a gray area as to, you know, what you actually have to put in some practical steps. You have to do some work to get there. You're not just going to lie in your bed staring at the ceiling 24 hours a day knowing that you have this big house. It, mm -hmm. it may come to you, but chances are it's not, and you have to kind of fill in the steps. And this is where Trevor Blake gets a little bit vague because he's he doesn't outline, you know, what the steps are, and, you know, you have to set your goals here and set your goals here because he's not very much I think I, I think he lost you there goals, for a Jacob. Right? Like One second. He sets his... Well, just... Sorry, did I lose you? Uh, I think you're back now. Want to talk again, just to make sure? Yep, check one, two. Okay, seems seems all good now. Yeah, I got a notification about my internet being unstable. <laughs> okay, so, cool, we got, we got it now. So let's pick up from where we left off there. Uh, we had a little bit of an internet issue, but Jacob, what were you saying? Uh, yeah, so just about um, implementing those steps to get to where you want to be. You have to be practical about that as well. So, you know, you can't just lie on your bed staring at the ceiling and expecting these things to come to you, even though you may be projecting this knowing or this belief out there. You still have to do some work. And so you have to be in the right business. You have to know the steps that you have to take to get there. But this, um, the knowing and the belief are an essential part of that. Absolutely. So 
I, I really like, and I said this before, he breaks things down into three. We just talked about the three steps of like desire, belief, and then knowing. He also talks about the best way to actually create these intentions and the practical ways to implement thinking about them into your life. And he calls them the three P's of intentions. Um, so these three P's, they're past tense, positive, and personal. Uh, so the past tense sense we've been talking about, right? You want to be framing it in a, in a, he uses this phrase once it's called future past. So it's like, you're imagining your future as if it is already your past. And as a result, you're creating these intentions. Um, we'll talk about how you create them. We're going to write them down and things like this, but you talk about the future as it is your past tense. Um, the second one is that they must be positive. Uh, Jacob, do you remember that section of the book talking about uh, these these three P's of intention? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we, we kind of touched on it in the beginning, how, you know, you have to use that that past tense. And um, yeah, I mean, it's very important that you abide by these rules as well, because you don't want to be bringing negativity into your intentions, right? You want to keep them positive as well. Yeah, and that, that's in, in the language of what you're saying to yourself as your intentions as well, right? As opposed to like, I will lose weight. The opposite that we're going to lean towards is I am fit and slim and healthy, you know, using this language that also puts it in yeah. the past tense. Yeah, exactly. You're just totally taking any negative uh, word or verb or, or whatever it is out of that uh, out of that intention. And the, the structure of the sentence as well, like you have to pay attention to exactly what you're saying and every word is important. Um, and then the third P, uh, personal, right? It has to be very specific to you. Um, your intention can't rely on um, the actions of somebody else. It's really all about you and, and all up to you. Absolutely. Yes. I, I just, I can't stop talking about, it. I love the structure of threes. It makes things so easy to explain, so easy yep. to understand. It's, it's, there, it's no, uh, it's no uh, coincidence that we've got the three little pigs and all, it's like, like these, all these stories yep. that work in three when you're in improv acting. I don't know if you remember back to high school, if you're ever doing that, they always say like to structure a good story, like you can do three of the same sort of thing. And that's the level of repetition for, sure. for an effective story. I think the same for an effective book like this yeah absolutely it's just it's got a nice feel to it i think it's psychologically it's very calming just having three you know a beginning a middle and an end three three steps to the structure and that this book is all about that really the trifecta right <laughs> is it yeah that's perfect so getting into the practical um like into the dirt about how to make these intentions um he talks about different categories uh, of intentions that we want to set using these three P's, making it uh, personal and uh, positive and past tense. Um, so yeah. we want to take those three into these four categories of our life that we can make intentions. And those categories are financial intentions, um, our achievement intentions, lifestyle intentions, and material intentions. So he, it may seem vain that he puts this financial intention as the first and utmost intention. But when you think about it, it starts to make sense. Like this is something that controls your ability to affect these other areas of your life, right? If if you t can take care of the money in your life, then you're going to be able to travel the way you want. You're going to be able to spend more time with your family, um, strive towards the various achievements you set, right? Like, what do you think about that? Like putting this emphasis on finance? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely 100% agree with it. Um, I think for most people, their biggest struggle in life is their their finance, the financial aspects. And like you said, 
proper management of your of your finances and getting to where you want to be with your finances um, will translate into the, the other factors of your life. It'll it'll give you the lifestyle you want, right? Um, it's not going to buy you family or love. That's the only other thing that really their finances aren't aren't related to. So that's the other part to focus on. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I think finances should come first because uh, most people that's their number one concern, um, and it also goes hand in hand with a lot of your accomplishments, right? If you're you know making this much in a certain field or within a certain company, chances are you've received these accolades or, or accomplishments along the way. Maybe your accomplishments are more um, philanthropic, right? So maybe you want to give back and whether you're giving back with your time or giving back with your money, having that achievement in the financial area will allow you to give back and, and to be able to accomplish that. So even if it's not about you know being able to spend money here and live like this and maybe your charity is like your number one Thing, which is something that personally I'm trying to get into a little bit more myself, being able to not just give my time, but but give my money. Sorry, I should say it the other way: not just give my money, but give my time, mm. um, because you know having some financial freedom gives you the opportunity to be able to do that. Um, and, and something else I wanted to touch on was um, charity and being able to give back, because uh, the way that you can also present yourself as somebody who already has and living in that belief of you've already accomplished it and you're already living that life you want to live is being able to give back to charity in that way like you know maybe if if i was in a situation where i would only donate x amount of money to charity because i could only afford x amount maybe i try and push that a little bit and maybe i try and scrounge a little bit more to be able to give that to charity because then i'm acting like somebody who can afford to give much more to charity and you're putting that energy out into the universe which again just helps you achieve your visions absolutely Uh, yeah acting these are all sort of ways that we can act um as though we've we're already at the place that we want to be right Uh, yeah exactly i I love that i love and it actually this this topic is something i've thought about a lot in terms of um doing something that's meaningful and making a difference um in the world and where, how do we reconcile that with our goals to uh, be financially well fed, right? And like we're we're not um, in a lot of cases in a field that is directly that that can most directly affect the life of somebody else positively or change the world positively, right? Like we're in fields as as business people. Um, that can scale and that can make money right so it's like how do you reconcile that with this desire to to give back and something that i've i've thought about is like you know what and he talks about it in this book you you've got to have when the airplane crashes you got to put your mask on first right like if you if you can take care of yourself and put yourself in this level of comfort then you're going to be able to spend more time on charity you're going to be able to spend more money on charity so it's like i think People who think business people have this sort of greedy sense to them, I think there definitely are people like that. But it can be reconciled with doing some serious good to the world with the money that you make, right? Yep, definitely, I agree. Um, But you also don't have to be in the mindset where you want to make a certain amount before you start giving back. Like Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, when I make 100,000 in a year, then I'll start giving some back. Like you can give some back now. Everybody can afford to give a little bit, whether it's five bucks, whether it's, you know, an hour of your time every month. We all have the capacity to give back. 
Um, and, and so the earlier you start, the more it's going to compound and the more you're going to get back for everything that you give. So maybe instead of waiting till you make 100K to give some back, you start giving back now. And then that year that you would made 100K, you'd make 120K because of what you've given back now because it's starting to come back to you. So um, in, in a sense, yeah, I definitely agree. You need to take care of yourself first, take care of your family first, take care of the people that you love first. Um, but when you are able to do that and you're at the break even point, um, without buying that nice car, without buying that nice house. You know, you have food in the fridge, you have an air conditioner that works, that's what you need to survive. Then you can start giving back. And I think it's vital that we all start as early as possible instead of having this mindset that, oh, you know, maybe in my se the second half of my life, I'll, I'll be able to donate, you know, money and time to charity or whatever. Like, we need to start now because the sooner you start acting like that person who has the financial capacity to be able to give back, the sooner you will be that person who has even more of a financial capacity to be able to really make a difference the way that, that I guess most of us want to. Exactly. We need to be acting like the people that we want to be. And it goes for every single aspect, uh, charity included, right? And it gets yep. into this, um, this really fun idea that I found in the book. And I just love this thought. And he calls it living the lie. He talks about um, <laughs> how him and his wife um, used to not have the money to go on these expensive vacations or stay at high-end hotels. So instead, what they do, uh, instead of going to like, a family chain restaurant for dinner, um, they'd spend the same amount of money and just order drinks in the most high-class, fanciest uh, hotel bar they could just to get acclimated to that environment, having those types of people around them, um, getting to getting their their minds uh, accustomed to this idea of being that person. Did you enjoy that sort of section of the book? I thought that was great. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it gives you the excuse to go window shopping for your dream life, right? Like when I first started to get into it, I, I visited every uh, luxury car dealership in my area, you know, booked an appointment, took a bunch of stuff for test drives and, you know, just pretended like I, I was living the lie. Like, yeah, I, I might buy this, you know, $100,000 Mercedes. I, I might not. But, uh, you know, I may go over to BMW and buy that one. And, you know, you get the salespeople talking to each other and trying to steal you as a client. And you go to open houses for houses that you can't currently afford. Um, or you go take a tour around a, a neighborhood where, you know, you desire to live in. It's all of those things, um, you know, it puts you in that environment. Like you said, it surrounds you by those people um, and it, you start creating this energy like you belong there. And, and like that's, you know, it's already happened for you and you're just living your normal life in those luxury, uh, luxury areas. Yeah. And, and depending on what business you're in and what your ideal clients look like um, or customers look like, this could do wonders for networking at the start of your, your career as well, right? Like being around those people who have already done what you're trying to do to some extent, right? Can you speak to the importance of networking in your mind and how this might be able to affect that? Oh my goodness. I mean, networking is, is something that people who are, at least people who own their own business or do business development in some capacity, you need to be networking 24-7. And like, not in an annoying way where you're always handing out your card to people and trying to pitch your whatever to people at, you know, baby showers and, and yeah. parties and, you know, all this You don't stuff, want to be that uncle or that, right? Like, no, you don't, because then you just get a bad reputation. Nobody ever yeah. invites you to anything anymore. <laughs> but um you, you always want to have uh, your mind open about who you could possibly be meeting. 
and not that you're like asking for an invitation to you know be invited to their golf club to meet all of their investment partners or you know all their friends who have tons of money or anything like that but it's just always being aware that every connection that you make is a possible opportunity and that the the conversation should always start casually Um, and you know if you are at an open house and you're in the business of real estate like you and I are in then that conversation could come could change to business very quickly because everybody's there you know to focus on real estate but if it's not if it doesn't work like that for you or for your business um, then you know, it, it may take longer for that conversation to develop. And maybe you just, you know, trade your contact information and you strike up a conversation in a couple months again and it comes to fruition. But you should never, ever discount somebody as a possible mm-hmm. good connection because you never know who they know. And that's something that I've learned um, from being a part of a couple of networking groups is that you never know who's in the room with you. And even if somebody may not look the way that you would think a potential good connection would look or you know these other superficial things maybe they don't talk like you think somebody would talk who might be able to bring your value to your business there's no negative side to making a new connection period because you never know who people know you so never that's know. my never yeah exactly that yeah that's so true that's so true and when you think about um networking uh, in that sort of positive way, like not like the transactional approach um, where you're handing out your card and you're being this annoying guy who's pestering trying to get to meet everybody. Like that's yeah. going to be tiring and that's going to drain you. I can tell you from my experience in real estate sales and in real estate investing, when I started thinking about my prospecting as my goal is to make as many friends and maintain those friendships as much as possible. Right? How yeah. great of a job is that versus um, having to go to network? And like, it's it's the way you frame it and the way that you think about it. It's like, like yeah, my job is to make as many high quality friends as possible and yeah. be of value to them. And then when the time comes, maybe they'll go with me. Maybe they won't. That's not what it's about, right? I want to make as many good friends as possible. And I think yeah. looking at networking in that way, in my experience, has been has been huge. Um, and maybe you're going to make a friend at this uh, at this cocktail bar, at this expensive restaurant that we're talking about as you're window shopping for your ideal life. So that, that idea definitely resonated with me, like checking out all the best vacation spots. I love that you <laughs> went to the dealership and drove your car around. That was around. the first thing I did, man. Yeah. I have pictures of me sitting in the cars so that, you know, I, I solidified it even more. Like this is my new Mercedes and you know, I have all those pictures still saved and, and, you know, one day I'm going to look back and be like, wow, I'm driving the, you know, five year new model of this Mercedes that I sat in five years ago when I was window shopping. Yeah, that's so cool. Was that what you'd go for? Is that your, like your, your ideal that a Mercedes? Uh, I think so, but uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, when the time comes, there might be something even better out there. I'm also leaning towards Tesla's um, because they are fantastic cars and they've really proven that, you know, over the last few years they've stood the test of time, which is what a lot of people had doubts about. I think mm-hmm. they were expecting them to kind of just fall apart after a couple of years, uh, but they're quality vehicles and, you know, I'm all about doing what's best for the environment and for people around me. And it makes sense from an economical standpoint. I mean, it costs way less to charge your car than it does to fill them up with gas. Um, so yeah, it, it might be a Tesla for me. Yeah, I think I think I've been feeling the the same way. That's something that's been on that's been on my mind for a while. But I'll tell you, I haven't driven one. So th- this is yeah. where uh, this this whole thing comes in. Like whether or not I do I actually know that I already have that, or maybe do I 
even believe that it's possible right now or maybe right now i'm at a state of just desire right so it's about yep. climbing that ladder to knowing so maybe i'll uh once all this Go take um, a test drive yeah if all this covid stuff clears up uh soon that'll be something that's on my calendar pretty quick i think because it's yep. fun too 100%. right why, why not go do it Yep, exactly. And and I'll be honest, the sales guy that I met at uh, at Tesla is going to be a possible mortgage client for me. No way. Because I went to, yeah, I just struck up a conversation. Really nice guy. We stayed in touch and, you know, there's going to be possible business from it without ever, ever expecting that to happen. And that's when things will really start to come around for you as a business owner when you think when these things start to pop up that you never expected to happen or that you weren't even striving for. Right? I wasn't prospecting him as a client. Um, or as a referral partner, but he may send me his friend who, who needs a mortgage or he may come to me for a mortgage himself. And when these things start popping up that you didn't intend for, um, that's when, you know, for lack of a better word, your intentions really start coming to fruition. Yeah. And it seems like it's a coincidence, right? It seems like it's this unplanned fluky thing, but this is actually what they're talking about in three simple steps, right? You set these intentions and one sort of small quote that he says in it is that, um, life will fill in the blanks, right? He tells totally. the he tells the story about uh, him and his wife and how they always wanted to move to America, but they needed visas and they needed all these things to fall in line. And eventually, by having themselves in this mindset that they were going, they always knew that they were going to live in America. His wife always knew from when she was a kid before they met, right? Slowly but surely, all these things started falling in place, and eventually they were able to do it, right? So it's like, as long as you know where you're going, what it feels like to be there. I think for one, maybe life will fill in these steps, but you're also going to have a clearer picture of the intermediary steps if you already know what it, it feels like to be the kind of person that is already at the end of the path, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where it can get a little confusing for some people is with these steps in the middle. And you know, that's obviously where you have to set up the right support structures for yourself and have a good mentor like we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. just so you can have the resources to be able to figure out what those next steps are going to be. But as long as you know the end result, that is the most powerful part of the whole process. Yeah, because things will things will pop up. And like, even if you don't know those little steps, and even if the things that are popping up in your life right now don't clearly point you towards where you're planning on being and where you know you will be if you're following these steps. Mm -hmm. I think that these things that are popping up in your life are uh, subtly teaching you the the skills and giving you the knowledge that you need to get you there, right? Yeah. I think that's the way that you should frame every single problem in your life. Something comes up, it's like, hey, like I, this is a problem. I know it's a problem right now, but really when I think about it, I think life's giving me the opportunity to learn and giving me the opportunity to develop the skills that I need to get to where I'm going, right? For sure. And I think a lot of business owners can relate to that as well. <clears throat> you know, your first couple of years are usually a series of learning experiences, mm -hmm. you know, not calling them mistakes or not calling them failures, but calling them learning experiences and, and framing that, you know, the way that this one deal went sideways, but I learned five, you know, important things from it so that I can do 20 more deals down the road using the skills that I picked up from this one deal going sideways. And in that moment, when that one deal goes sideways, that you feel like, you know, you've hit rock bottom and it's the worst thing that could have possibly happened and everybody's so upset and yeah. you lost a client or whatever the case is, but really maybe it's the best thing that could have happened to you so that later down the road, you have the skill set to be able to overcome some of those challenges. 
Yeah, and, and when you when you come up to those challenges, it's like, what really is that doing to your life? Like, you've still likely got a place to live, or some people that love you, and you you're likely still able to eat, right? Like, of course, in extreme yeah. cases, this sort of stuff can be compromised. But wh- when you think about how grateful we should be just for living in the country that we do we're living in, in Canada of course there's problems with the country and, and all this but I think that we're very very lucky being where we are so why not think of it as a learning experience it's not the end of your life it's not the end of the world right yep exactly and it can be tough to put yourself in that mindset in the moment but uh, that muscle also strengthens over time as well you, you just kind of let it uh, let it roll off your back and, and keep on moving yeah, and this is sort of what we were talking about when we were reviewing what we did from last week in that like, you're more able to come at those sort of situations with a calm and cool, collected attitude, knowing that it's a learning experience as opposed to a mistake or a problem um, when you're yeah. able to take that quiet time, when you have the mental shield. So it's like all these steps, while they're so easily uh, and so effectively split up, they're all yeah. part of the same thing, right? They all weave together and um, work out in ways that you might not understand initially. Yeah, I agree very much so. It's uh, you know being able to use all of the steps at once and strengthening that that mental muscle is uh, it can it can uh, pay dividends in the future and and as you start to build on these skills as well. Absolutely. Uh, so there's one part, I think that covers most of the information that was uh, in this third section. Can you think of anything that we might have missed here, Jacob? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. I think that's, uh, you know, it's, um, you have to, then you have to implement this, these, these intentions, right? And they can come mm, in yeah. many forms. It, um, it can come in the form of a vision board. It can come in the form of sticky notes all around you, reminding you to stay in the you've already received mindset, right? Um, personally, I have quite a few things stuck up on my wall. Um, you know, my whiteboard and my vision board talking about things that I want. Um, I have a, a check that has already been written and made out to me for the biggest commission I've ever earned, and it's just sitting there waiting for me to cash it. Yeah. Um, I, I have a list of one, two, three, four, five, ten things um, that defines my my future, um, and they're all I have statements, and they're all positive statements, and they're all personal statements. So, you know, what I would say to everybody watching is take the time to sit down um, and set these intentions for yourself because you know there's nothing more important than designing your future because if you don't you don't know what future you're going to have um so you know even if it takes you all day even if it takes you every night for you know a couple weeks take the time and sit down and and really design it and give it some thought and because you know there's no rush to do it you have the rest of your life to to figure Mm -hmm. out what you want for the rest of your life right um but yeah it it really take the time and put the thought into it and, and you know print it up draw it up, post it somewhere, um, and make it always, you know, put it always in front of you. Put it on your bathroom mirror so that when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you're looking at it, you know, sticky it to the bottom of your computer monitor so you can always see it uh, when you're working. There's just, there's lots of different things that you can uh, do to, to make sure that it's always there and always reminding you to keep that, that uh, the mindset that we've been talking about. 
Yeah, like the, at the end of the day, we're trying to work this into our lives and into our minds as many possible times as we can throughout the day, right? Whether it be you taking some time to to write it down in the morning, um, or I think he mentions like, hey, like I say this to myself when I'm in nature, like when I'm going for a hike, I'll talk to myself, just repeating my intentions and hammering that into my head. And uh, I think when... Yep when you take every possible opportunity that you can to be thinking about these intentions and actively sort of structuring them, then uh, I don't think there's a better route that you could take to having them more effectively effectively woven into your life. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, journaling is another big thing. And, you know, journaling can be hard for people to start. Um, I would recommend the the five minute journal if anybody's interested in getting started because it's it's very structured. It tells you exactly what you need to write. But if you kind of wanted to do it on your own, but you don't know where to start, or you think it's kind of silly, or you, you know you don't like writing down your feelings or whatever the case mm-hmm. is, um, just write down your intentions over and over again every every morning. Write down all of your you know your vision for the future. Every evening, write write the same exact things down again. It's not going to hurt. Um, and then as you do it for you know as the days start to compound on each other, maybe there's other things that you think of, other things that pop into your mind, and just keep writing those down. And um, if you can do it first thing in the morning and right before you go to sleep, you're requesting of uh, your subconscious of those things that you're um, intending, and it can make it even more powerful. So yeah, journaling is another good way to uh, to kind of um, to practice the intentions and if you already do journal maybe incorporate your intentions into your journaling at the same time exactly we're cramming this into our heads as much as we can that's the fastest way there right that that's that's perfect there's one other point i wanted to touch on and to see if you had any experience with it um it's this point that he talks about um uh that you've got to be committed to to incorporating these three simple steps into your life um but he also talks about how you sort of have to be willing to let go of the people in your life that are um against these uh these ideas or maybe not like you don't need to be aggressively like not talking to people or things like that but it's like they talk about the the analogy of the crabs in the bucket right like if a crab's climbing trying to climb and escape the bucket even if it's it could make it the other crabs are grabbing it and pulling it back down right so have you had any experience with that with as you've made these changes in your life having some people that might not react to it as positively as maybe you'd expect they would yeah, I mean, I think that you'd be surprised um, if you share these ideas with people. They may be more open-minded than you think they are. But we all have, you know, judgmental people in our life. In our lives, um, personally, I'm very fortunate to not have too many judgmental people in, in my life, and people that are fairly open-minded. And you know, you, you, I love talking about my goals with them and, and that kind of thing. Um, but at, at the same time it goes back to separating yourself from that negative influence if you're around somebody that complains all the time chances are they're going to laugh at you when you talk about this house that you're believing that you already have or this car or or whatever the case is um so i don't have a ton of experience with that kind of thing but you know distancing yourself from those people is not necessarily a bad thing and in the end you might have to make a choice you might have to choose between you know living this path of intention and getting to exactly where you want to go or keeping some of these hangers on and keeping some of these, you know, crabs grasping at you while you're trying to, you know, get out of the quicksand or, or get out of the bucket. 
Um, so, you know, it may come down to a difficult decision, but um, an important thing to remember is that, you know, if you're going to have a, a main person in your life, if you're going to have, you know, your partner who's always there, always beside you, um, that they have to be on board with it as well. And chances are because, you know, you're shooting for this goal that's going to involve them, they're going to be living in this big house with you and they're going to be enjoying this happy, healthy family with you. Chances are they're, they're going to be on board. Um, and they may have their doubts in the, in the beginning, but as things start to come to fruition for you, um, they're going to see that, you know, it's not it's not as silly as they might have thought in the beginning and, and they're going to be happy for you and they may even want to join in and, and start, you know, doing the same practices as you and um, and then you can kind of show them the ropes and, and bring them on and it'll even strengthen your your uh, practices together because even though you have your own separate intentions and they should be separate and they should be personal, they will end up coming together if you, you know, because you're, you people, are, you, you two are, are partners in life. Yeah, so that's like speaking to, even if they don't get it at the beginning, they should at least um, give you the freedom to do and approach this how you want, right? And of course. maybe maybe it's something you need to think about if they're so against the, this sort of thing, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think over time as they see um, this, these positive things coming into your life, of course they're going to want to get in on it or at least be more accepting of it. And for people that are, that are single, aren't, aren't with somebody, um, what Jacob and I were talking about in honing in your senses so that you can more readily connect with people, you're going to draw that person towards you, right? Uh, this is something I've found in my life. The, the times that I've found the people that I want to be with, it's um, always when I'm not looking. And when I'm focused on developing myself yeah. and being the best person that I can be, right? So if you don't have a partner right now, uh, For sure. you're going to find your ideal partner by becoming this person, right? So Definitely. And you can even incorporate that into your intentions. I mean, I'm lucky enough to have an amazing partner that I've been with for a number of years now. So it has never been forefront of my mind to find that person. But, you know, when I do read some of these books like it's sometimes it's even top three top three for people are um i i want the the money that i want a lot of people are i want to lose weight or be in the the physical shape that i want and number three is usually i want that partner that you know loves me mm -hmm. for the rest of my life um it's not something that i can relate to because i already have that but i've seen it you know we used as examples so often that it it you know resonates with me that a lot of people don't have that um and that it's a it's a strong desire in their lives so you know, by all means, you can incorporate that into your intentions as well. If you don't have that partner and that's something that you want in your life, you know, bring that into your intentions, write that down, make it, you know, put it everywhere. It'll be in your head. And like you said, you'll, you'll attract those people to you. And, and also, like you said, it, it may come when you're least expecting it. Exactly. Sometimes life, that's when the best things come. Yeah. Yeah. Life's going to fill in the details for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Amazing. Well, I'm so glad that you recommended this book, Jacob. Again, Three Simple Steps, Trevor Blake. It is great. It wasn't even on my radar, to be honest, before you, you recommended it. It's definitely not up there in the most popular business or personal development books. Um, not one of the go-tos that everybody mentions, but I, I love the way it's structured and I love what it has to say. Uh, and it, it I think it's a great starting point for somebody who's getting into this stuff because so many of the other books that I've read uh, have aspects that tie into this. And we talked about this in the first episode, yeah. how there's mindset books and there's, but this kind of gives you an idea of like, Hey, what am I most interested in? Ideally, I'm going to get all three of these things together, but what do I want to expand on right now? And it can kind of be a good signpost, um, for what you want to read next and what you want to 
really focus on. Agreed. Yep. And it's something that you can go back to, you know, I've gone back to it twice now and I'm sure over the course of my life, I'll, I'll revisit it. I know the first time that I read it, I took notes as I read it. Uh, and you know, the second time as I went through, things started to resonate a little bit more with me. You pick up different things each time you read it. And, and like you said, it can be supplementary or complementary to other um, books that you read on mindset or, or, you know, really hardcore business building books, um, whether it's the more spiritual side or the more practical side that you're interested in growing, it can be a, a really great uh, resource to, to go back to. Absolutely. I love books like that where you can go back and read them and get just as much the second time from them that you did the first. Yeah, but yeah, totally. It's perfect. Yeah. So I think that wraps things up. For anybody listening, uh, I want to implore you to take the things we've talked about and make structures for yourself so that you can sort of monitor um, whether or not you're actually implementing this, right? Something we say on the show is that when you start taking action, good things start to happen, right? And as much information as you absorb and as you read, like that's that's information, that's great, but it's really not... Um, actually going to do anything for you until you start taking action on it so i implore you to make these structures maybe add in your journaling that you track when you take your quiet time uh, like do your daily intentions right you want to be able to track how well you're implementing the knowledge that you've just sort of absorbed from this book um so that would be my one thing that i'd say to look out for because i can't tell you how long it took me to realize hey i've been reading books i've just finished these 10 books but what have i done you know you need yeah. to you need to take the action right jacob yeah absolutely and this is a great book for that because it has so many practical um applications and we also did a great job of outlining some uh, real life examples that we've worked through ourselves that you know the the audience can take home and and uh, start implementing in their own lives it, it's a fantastic uh, resource to be able to take these practices from and it, you know it'll pay dividends and um, as somebody who's been in the business for a year and a half I'm just starting to see it um, but I know I believe not just believe but I know that there's so many more great things to come um, and you know, it's just all a result from from um, practicing these things that I've learned from this book and, and and a few others as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for for bringing it in, and thank you, Jacob Manischewitz, mortgage matchmaker, for coming and hopping on here for our inaugural season. Or I guess we could call this a season, but our inaugural series of three episodes here for the podcast. I couldn't think of a, a better person to have hop on here with me, um, a better book to talk about. Um, and I, I wish you all the best. And I know all these great things are coming your way, so uh, you're gonna keep at it and. Uh, so will I with these three simple steps and I'm excited to uh, be friends with you long into the future, buddy. Awesome. Russell, it was such a pleasure. I'm so grateful that you asked me to be on. Um, it was so uh, gratifying to be able to share this with you and share this with other people as well. Um, I hope that everybody listening really uh, allows this book to make an impact on their lives. Um, and I'm very excited to come back for season two whenever you're ready. Hey, yeah, Jacob Manischewitz, round two with the Business Builders Book Club. I like that. Awesome. I like the sound of that. All right, buddy. Well, thanks so much for hopping on here, and I'll talk to you next time. Okay, sounds good, man. Talk All right, to you we'll soon. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Business Builders Book Club, helping you bridge the gap between knowledge and action. Stay tuned and remember, when information becomes action, things start to happen.